what's up? You say it's hard right now. You say you don't want to stay much longer. Your heart is far right now. But I know that Some good music. What's going on? Yeah. Good morning, good morning, you guys. This is Latte with Antonio Milian. We're live on radio Thanks. on my station, latijavadrips.com slash LJD Radio. How are you doing this morning? I'm good. I'm coming to you live from my spare bedroom. So if you see like a ironing board behind me, like excuse it. That's okay. <laughs> I, this appreciate, is, look, I appreciate you. Look, we're just mm-hmm. sitting, sitting here having a conversation. You know, look, I'm I'm in my um my little apartment. I have my little coffee right, display. Right, right. You know, <laughs> enjoy my coffee course, every morning. Listen to music and checking you out on TikTok. Hey, I'm back. Okay. I don't know what happened there. It just said it said thank you for joining the live. Have it's like have a good day or something like that. I, was, oh, I don't that's know. Weird. You know how Instagram <laughs> do. You know how they do. That's because you know I was. What were you about to say? I was banned from I was banned from going live for like a while. I don't know what I did or what I said. I told you about it because you wanted to have me on the show back January. in January, mm-hmm. and I told you I was like, listen, I don't know how long I'm going to be banned for. And then one day, it just let me go live. I, you know, every time I tried to go live, it was like you're currently banned from going live. It didn't tell me why. I don't think I did anything wrong. I didn't get any community guidelines violations or whatever, but. You know, it is what it is. You know what I mean? Yeah, it is what it is. It's. I think it's because <laughs> I, racism is very hard to talk about, for one. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes me uncomfortable. And it, it's crazy that it makes me mm-hmm. uncomfortable. And I, and I think it's because the fact that I have a family, I have friends from all walks of life. And, um, right. and we have discussions and and to be honest with you, um, I'm, I'm from Chicago, and mm-hmm. I now reside in Arizona. Where are you from? I'm from New York originally, from Brooklyn, New York, and I live in South Carolina, though. Oh, wow. Now, okay. <laughs> That's a big <laughs> yeah, change. Yeah, a lot different. That's a big change. That's a big change, absolutely. But you know what? I, I'm one of those people where I adapt to wherever I'm, wherever I'm at, so it doesn't matter if I'm on the moon doesn't matter if I'm in South Carolina, you know, I'm going to still be me. So I, I know that's right. That's, that's how I am too. You know, I think when you're from, from the East coast, you know, um, you know, you're from New York. I mean, it's a melting right. pot in New York. I've been in New York before, right, right, right. you know, so in Chicago is the same way, you know what I mean? Chicago is the same thing. Yeah. It was crazy. Cause the first time I ever went to Chicago, I'm thinking it was like 2009 mm-hmm. And like I was on, I was in the South Side, and it looked just like Brooklyn. I was so shocked by how much, and even the way people carried themselves. I was like, "Is this? Is this not New? This is definitely this is New York." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then you see like the Illinois license plates, and you're like, "Oh, wait a minute, I'm not in New York." But like Chicago, like the only other place that I've seen where people are like there's a really diverse melting pot, really strong black and brown connections, relations when it comes to like people being in civic service and like political power is Chicago. Chicago and New York are the only places where I've seen that. That's true. That is very, mm-hmm. very true. Okay, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and and what you do? 
But yeah, so I mean, I my full-time job, I work in IT. I work for an IT company. So a lot of people think that I'm a professor or like um, a teacher. I'm not a professor or a teacher. Um, uh, so um, I grew up in Brooklyn, uh, New York. Um, you know, my parents are of Puerto Rican descent. Um, and uh, let me think, my mom is a teacher. So uh, my mom is a teacher and my dad... Yeah, and so, like, my mom is a teacher, and, like, my dad is, um, he was in the military, and he works in theater, um, and now, and he's also, he used to be a nurse, he's just all over the place, but, like, um, when it comes to, like, the things that I learned and stuff, I got it from them, because my mom is still in college, she's 66 years old, and she's still in college, and my dad is 75, and he is going back to school to get his master's degree. So they are lifelong, they're like lifelong learners. They, they are big into like learning and doing like, um, you know, like never stop, keep the brain going, always Mm -hmm. learning something. So that's the type of people that they are. That's the type of people that I come from. And, you know, I kind of like, I guess like, we don't want to, we don't want to, we don't want to say like, we are like our parents, you know what I mean? We always want to say, Oh, I'm my own person, but you know, when you look at the things you do, when you look at your behaviors, you're like, damn, I'm really like my father. Damn, I'm really yeah. like my mother. You know what I mean? <laughs> so. That is true. That's so funny because yeah. my mom's a teacher. You know, my mm-hmm. dad, he was a butcher, bus driver, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom from Louisiana, right. my dad from Chicago. And it's so right, right, it's right. crazy because I, I'm a lot like my mom. I did not know that my mom was so artistic. You know, she mm-hmm. was a sculptor. And these are things that I found out about my mom later on in life. So when I mm-hmm. watch your videos and when you talk about history and you talk about certain things, I'm like, oh, God. You know, especially the one that you just um, talked about on your, your page you. about um, the French ancestry. And I was like, dang, you know. That's yeah, awesome. that was wild. Yeah. So I've been meaning to talk about that for a while. And, you know, I just happened to be. Um, I just happened to be going through my, um, my photos. I was looking for old photos of my son because my son just turned two last mm-hmm. week and I was looking at old photos and I saw that picture and I was like, Oh my gosh, I was supposed to talk about this in 2021, but I had my kid back then. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to talk about it now. Cause I don't see nobody else talking about it. Um, so, you know, this yeah. went from there. That was pretty cool though. Yeah. That they, they were up, but you know, what's crazy is that like, when you look at, um, like, you know, when you look at old photos and like, not photos, excuse me, when you look at old paintings and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. they're now like, even, even if, even things that have to nothing to do with race, you know what I mean? When they do like these x-rays on like Michelangelo's painting, Leonardo Mm -hmm. da Vinci's paintings, things like that. And they're finding like underpaintings (laughs) underneath them, like that people just painted over. Like I think in one painting, they found like a map of like somewhere in Italy, like, but you, you always got to wonder like, what were these people trying to hide? What was at the end of that map? You know, what was, yes. what was going on there? But uh, apparently it was something that was very common, um, especially in Southern families when the father would die. Um, a lot of times people would paint over his, um, you know, the children that he had out of wedlock, whether it be with a mistress or with a slave. But like Louisiana was one of those places. I'm sorry, I can go off on a tangent. If I'm if no, I'm rambling no, or talking too much, no, let me please, know. No, um, no, not at all. Louisiana was Louisiana was one of those places where, like, I don't know if you many people know this, but um, if you were a man in France and you were not doing like 
economically well for yourself they they said to you that like hey if you marry like um a french prostitute if you marry a french sex worker we'll give you land and send you to louisiana like so um a lot of people don't really know about that but um that was one of those places where they did that I wish that my mother um, spoke more about her childhood. She didn't have a, a, a very good childhood, but everything is mm-hmm. such in secrecy, you know? And it's kind of sad yeah, because yeah, it's like, yeah. I'm 51 years old, and I'm like, I want to know. I know more about my dad's side of the family than my mom. I'm like, what is, what's going right, on? Right, like, right. I have, I have um, aunties and uncles. that I'm like, oh, she from Haiti. Oh, she... Oh, she from you know what I'm saying? Right, right, right. <laughs> it's like, okay, right, right, right. You know, you know I like I to 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 uh, go off on your point. I, I was doing some genealogy research about my great grandmother when she first came to the United States. She came mm-hmm. from Trinidad. Well, she came from Panama, um, and on her like on her like I don't know if it's a green card or whatever. Yeah. Where you put like all the people like that you were bringing with you. She had my my grandfather. She had. Um, she had uh what is this um but she had like another daughter on there and i asked my mom about that she was like i have no idea but there's so many secrets from back then Mm -hmm. and then like the the crazy thing was is that like she lived in cuba and puerto rico for years and then like nobody knew who this daughter was nobody and she died at 100 years old like she like nobody my mother to this day she's like i have no idea who that lady was mm-hmm. and so it's funny when you do all these genealogy when i did the genealogy tests like there are people like that come up that don't have my last name they're, they're yes. and they're, they're they're men that don't have my last name and my grand, like they all had boys. So the million name is fa- fairly strong um, in Puerto Rico. But um, I was like, I told my mom, I was like, who are all these other people? And she was like, it could have been her daughter that had children, stayed in Puerto Rico and had children. You know, yeah. think about it. Like this would have been this. This lady would have been born in like the 1920s. That's plenty of time to have children. And my grandmother was born in 19, 1899. She died in 1999. So, wow. That's I'm so telling cool. you, the secrets the secrets our families hold are crazy. But why? You know, especially with health conditions going on. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, why keep that a secret? But I, I don't know. I, I guess it was just like that back in that time that people. Well, you got to think things. about it. A lot of it was stigma from society. Like we didn't live. I mean, we live in a world where like now, you know, the, everything's at our fingertips. We don't have to really worry about what people think about us. But back then, you know, that was your that little block that you lived on, that little town that you lived in. Mm-hmm. That was your whole life. That was your whole whole existence. You know what I mean? And the way people thought about you there shaped how you lived. So. You know, depending on what the situation was, there could have been a lot of stigma and like, oh, there's a lot of things that people don't talk about. And the thing is, they didn't really have good health care back then either. So, you know, they didn't think about the ramifications of, you know, being open and transparent about health issues. That's true. That is so true. You know, speaking on um, on health issues, there's this one med student. I'm sure you've heard of him. Joel Bervel. You know, You're breaking up a little bit. I'm sorry. I said, I wonder, speaking on health issues, mm-hmm. um, there's this guy, this med student by the name of Joel Bervel. 
Have you ever heard of him? Mm-hmm. And he's he's on TikTok, isn't yes, he? Yes, yes. He's a medical student at like I think he's a medical student at like a prestigious university like Yale mm-hmm. or Harvard or something yes. like that. I follow him. He's pretty cool. You guys need to get together. <laughs> I'm, I'm not on that level. I yes, listen. I like talking about medical stuff, but like I'm not. I can't get into the whole. Like I was gonna do a thing about epigenetics. The um like. When they talk about, like, post-traumatic slave disorder, mm-hmm. they've done, like, studies on black people's DNA, and they see, like, the stress the, the stress uh, markers are still there from slavery. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm reading stuff, and I'm like, this is way outside of my league. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. <laughs> you, you know, but you're on point, though. I, I was um, checking out one, and it's, it's funny because I work in the medical field, um, in ophthalmology, mm-hmm. and you was talking about... Um, this um, black woman who discovered a laser probe. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm trying to figure out because I, then I saw someone say, well, no, she didn't. Uh, no, you said a FACO probe because there's different ones. And um, mm-hmm. I, I can't remember who the guy was, but he was like, no, she discovered the laser probe. But I'm going to dig into that because I'm like, I don't think no, so laser probe. She she just. Dis- she discovered the FACO probe. Um, so basically, uh, the FACO probe is made up of two things. It's mm-hmm. made up of the thing, the suction that takes the, the, the cataract out. The calcification, yeah, calcification out of your mm-hmm. eye, and then it's a laser that cuts it out. Mm-hmm. So it's two parts. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's not just, uh, I don't know. Because there's one that breaks up the cataract, and there's yeah. one that irrigates it and removes the cataract. Right, 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 so, right. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so it's, it's more than just, she, she discovered the entire thing and you know of course there was a team of people that were behind helping put it together and just because you can do something doesn't mean you can make it so you know they're engineers and things like that but she was the main figurehead behind it so Mm -hmm. it's interesting Mm -hmm. about you know our history that um our children need to know this and my daughter um and she watches you as well um she just graduated from u of a um studying public health um pre-med and uh now she's like i think i want to get on air and talk about some things so and uh she definitely want to talk with you nice. so i was like okay nice nice so you kind of so you're breaking her. up a little bit you said who, who was this it's my daughter michaela she's uh oh, okay yeah, cool so she's like yeah she wants yeah. to chat with you too and i'm like man i thank you because my, my daughter's an introvert and she does not right, right. really socially talk about anything but uh yes thank you Mm-hmm. If it no, was, no problem. If it wasn't for you, I don't think she would have done it. <laughs> she wouldn't even think about wow. it. Wow. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's you know these are just subjects that I find interesting. Um, I have a whole list of things that I have to talk about. Finding the time to talk about them is is a little rough, but you know we make time for the things that we love. So you That's know true. it's uh, it's one of those things. Have you ever thought about being a history uh, professor? I mean, have you ever thought or be a historian and go on adventures? And I mean, I could see. I it. would love to do something like that. You know. Um, you know, it's hard to do these the, to do those type of things yeah. when you have like a small child. I you know, my my son's two, but um, I've thought about it. But like at the same time, I don't ever think I would like to be in like a teaching capacity. I just I've had I've seen like my mom is a teacher, like I said, and then my aunts are all teachers. So I have um, I've seen the way like the bureaucracy goes in education and stuff like that. And I'm thinking to myself, I don't want to deal with that. And then like they don't get paid anything. Teachers like really the only place I would teach is like Chicago, New York, Los Angeles, you know, and those, you know, those places are like 
they have a waiting list for people that are coming to teach there. Um, so it's, it's not like, it's not like, you know, you could just say, Oh, I'm going to teach in Chicago. I'm going to teach in New York. I'm going to teach in LA. Like, it's like, okay, you could come and, and put your name in the hat because everyone else, everywhere else in America, like teachers are leaving the job. They're like, I don't want to deal with it. I have had, when I used to do, I used to be a photographer. Oh, okay. It was my side job before before I did. Um, I used to be a painter and a photographer before I um, got into social media stuff. And so, back in 2020, going into 2021, one after another, my, all of my clients were teachers that needed headshots, and um, they were like, "Yeah, I'm going to work for this." They weren't going to work for teach, like they weren't educating anymore, but they were going to work for like consultant companies on education and things like that. Oh, wow. Um, teachers are leaving like crazy and I don't know, a lot of it has to do with the bureaucracy, a lot of it has to do with students and, but not for me that's a long, short, a long answer is it's not for me that's, that's <laughs> interesting because my daughter she's a really big history buff and one teacher mm-hmm. that she had that oh man, that she loved so dearly he, um, man he had this wall, I remember the first day of school and we had to meet her teacher and and I walked in and he had this wall and he had like the Holy Quran. He had all like poly- like mm-hmm. books out of this world. And I was thinking to myself, Mm-mm. right? Arizona ain't ready for this. I knew no, when, I, when I saw his wall and I saw all the information. I was like, oh man, this teacher. Okay, They're, and and I know in schools they have certain curriculums that they have to stick to. Mm-hmm. They can't, you know, um, think outside the box. Right. Let's just say that teacher didn't last long. Right, just right, one right. day he did. He just didn't come back. There was another teacher that. Oh, the teacher didn't come back. Six months, I, I think, because of the fact that he was talking about a lot of things, you know, that mm-hmm. weren't part of the curriculum. And right, uh, right, right. And one day, my daughter's like, "He's gone," and she was so upset right. because she learned so much from this, especially this teacher. It hap- did it happen in the middle of the year? Yep. Yeah, that means that somebody didn't want him there. Because exactly. they signed a contract. Because, you know, in South Carolina, if you leave in the middle of the year, it's either to be... I, I know in South Carolina, to leave. if you leave in the middle of the year, it's either because you're fired or you quit. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, like, if you leave in the middle of the year, like, you... you run the risk of having your license taken away from you mm-hmm. if you if you quit in the middle of the year. Um, if you, if you're fired, not so much, depending on what you get fired for, but that, that's crazy. Um, yeah. you know, there's a lot of, in, in this country, there's a lot of, uh, interesting stuff that's happening with the book. They're banning books. They're banning, yes. uh, um, yeah, they're banning books. They're banning what you can talk about. Um, it's interesting, uh, because it's, it, it, people are starting, you know, people are starting to realize it's not just their demographic that's being affected by these type of things. Like I saw a video um, where, you know, they're banning African-American history in Florida, right? AP African-American, AP African-American history. Like Tony Morrison books, Zora, Zora. Right. Right. But part of that is that (laughs) exactly. But part of that, a lot of people aren't talking about is that they're banning books by black Hispanic um, writers, like they're banning books about Roberto Clemente. They're banning books about uh, by Sonia Cisneros. Like so, they're not uh, Sandra Cisneros. Excuse me. They're not just banning African American books. Like, and so people are like, "Wait a minute! This is not just this is this is an anti-black thing. It's not really 
like they're not just going after one specific group they're they're going after all black authors regardless of you know their language and things like yeah. that so a lot of people at first they were like oh this doesn't affect me you know i'm puerto rican but now they're like oh wait a minute this is bigger than what we thought you know, and it's becoming bigger because now they're moving on to LGBT. They don't want yep. them to, to, to teach about that. Um, and it's uh, it's wild. The, the things that are happening in this country is, are wild. But I also think that, like, what they're doing in Florida is that they're, they're pushing it as far as they can hmm. be, until somebody sues or whatever. And then... It's gonna see. It's gonna set the precedent for all these other states. How far can we go? Yes. Um. So that's what they. That's what. That's exactly what's happening. They're pushing and pushing and pushing until somebody steps in and is like, "Okay, you can't do this." All the other states are gonna be like, "Listen, oh, so we are allowed to do X, Y, and Z." So. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. But you, you know, it's, it it's scaring me because I feel like we're going backwards. You know, I think so. And not only that, <laughs> I have to give props to the millennials. Okay, I'm a Gen X mm-hmm. <laughs> because right. they are speaking up on a lot of things that we weren't allowed to talk about. You know, I, you know, I come from um, uh, parents that were like, um, "You are only to be seen. <laughs> you cannot." You know, what I'm saying, like, you you weren't allowed to have a voice. Yeah. You know, and I'm the baby. My grandmother used to say that. You mm-hmm. know? Yeah, me too. <laughs> So, Me too. Know, I'm I'm 35 years old. My other my oldest brother is 61. So you could wow. do my and my dad is 75. And you could do the you could do the math on you know mm-hmm. how old my dad was when he started having kids. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, but you know, you know it's crazy. You know what's happening in this country, but you know, listen, I, we've been through worse, and I feel like we could persevere. And uh, but. I do feel like we're going back because if you look at like a lot of the judges where they come from, they come from, um, you know, the, this place called like the heritage foundation and things like that. A lot of them were members of it and they, they nominate these judges. Um, and one of their tenants is to like take things back before the civil rights era. So like, if you speak to a lot of conservatives and I have a lot of friends that are conservative, but if you speak to a lot of conservatives, and you ask them, like, what's the best time that there was in America? They say the 1950s. Uh, think about how the 1950s were for you and I. Hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. No civil rights, you know, segregated schools, um, you know, boom, boom, boom. The list goes on. So that's that's kind of like where they're wanting this country to go. And yeah. they want everything to be state, state controlled. Yep. And I live in South Carolina. I can't, I can't trust my state to do what's right by me. Hell no. <laughs> you know, it's kind of weird because Arizona, I've been here for 14 years. It's very different. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, uh, the black and browns here, it's, mm-hmm. I'm not going to say it's somewhat segregated, but the mindset is very different from um, the browns that are from Chicago and New York. I can feel it. It's right, it, right, right. It, it, it's so awkward. It makes me feel so awkward because it's right. like, are you kidding me? Like, have you lost your mind? It's right. It, it's right. It boggles there's a lot mind. of cultural differences. Um, you know, it's it's interesting because, like, you know, I'm of Puerto Rican descent, so um, I live in you know South Carolina, where there's the area that I live in is not predominantly, but there's a, a big um, Honduran and. Uh, Mexican population here and I mean I get along great with everybody but I just 
like cultural differences are, are abundant, you know, and I'm just like, oh, okay, this is how y'all do things. It's mm-hmm. different, but I, I don't know. I, I'm one of those people where I'm on my business. I'm on my business to a fault, like to a fault. Like I'll see something going down and I just like, I don't even look. I'll be yep. like, okay, this ain't got shit to do with me. I got to go. <laughs> yep. that, that's kind of like how I am. Like, I don't know. But you right, know, it's right, kind of right. weird because if I was in Chicago, it, it wouldn't even be a thought. I don't know. It's just right. so different. Right. I don't think right, I, right, ever right. Get, I can. I, I would never be able to get used to it, but I, I understand it. Like, I try to get my daughter right, to right. go to Chicago, stay with your aunt, you know, go for a year. Because, mm-hmm, you know, right, she's, right. We're, she's from Chicago, but she's really from here. And I really feel mm-hmm. like she needs to explore and see explore absolutely absolutely yeah i i i think that's the best thing to i wouldn't say to combat racism but i think it's the best way for me personally like to get rid of biases and ignorance and things like that is to like travel to different places even if even if you can't even if you can't get like a passport like some people are like oh i I can't leave the country blah 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 go to a big city stay there like stay there for a week don't go to like the tourist spots like all my when my friends go to new york they're like oh where should i go where should i go i'm gonna go to the statue of liberty i'm gonna go to this and that like go to Washington Heights. Go to the mm-hmm. South. Go to the South Bronx. Go like go to places where there are actual. Yeah, like go go to Harlem. Like go to places where there are like working class people. Mm-hmm. You know, see what they experience. Things like that. Um, and I think that that kind of you know opens your eyes, opens your mind to like how the different perspective of what it means to be a human being and what it means to be an American. America is different. Yes. America is different from for everyone. Everyone's experience in this country is completely different. And We're not a homogenous country. Everyone should have a passport. I don't care what anyone says. I think so too. I think so too. But there's, you know, like people who have convic- convictions and felonies, they can't get passports. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. If, is that, is that still a thing? I wonder if it's still a thing. I had a friend of mine who, was uh, a convicted felon and um he couldn't leave the country he was he was a model too and he got a a modeling opportunity in australia and the state department was like are you kidding me well get out of here (laughs) i thought i thought that there was going to come a time where we're going to need a passport to be used as our id that's what i thought um i think for the for the real id you have to show like so many forms when i lived in new york you had to do this Mm -hmm. but like um you had to show so many forms of id in order to get a state id Mm -hmm. um so i had to show my social security card my birth certificate i had to show like a piece of mail or something like that and you get so many points and this you have i think it's nine points and then they give you your state id um that's in order to get a real id I don't think there's going to come a time where we just need to show our passports. I know in South Carolina, you just go in there and tell them your name and they'll give you an ID. You know, my name's uh, Bourgeoisie Latte. And they give you, here you go. Yeah. You know what? Your account was banned because you're just real. And people don't oh, want to hear I the real, you know? Appreciate that. You know? I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Okay. Yeah, so um, my TikTok account was banned twice. I got it back both times, which is great. This account, I couldn't post for a couple of days, and then they banned me from going live. So, um, which, you know, it's kind of, I kind of, I tread lightly on here because with TikTok, it's a little different. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I kind of, 
like have have come to the point where I've like met people that work for the company, so um, I can ask for advice and things like that. But um, you know, when it comes to this app, I don't know anybody that works for this app, so right. you know, I gotta tread lightly because yeah. if this is gone, that's it. Okay, now TikTok. I, I'm hearing that they may be we may not have access to TikTok anymore. <laughs> uh, how do you feel about that? Like, what do you really think? Uh, I mean, to be, to, I mean, my thing is this, like, a friend of mine told me a while back ago, it's not, like, TikTok is just a platform, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm going to say, I'm going to say what I, I'm going to grow wherever I am. Yes, there's, a, there's um, a saying that my dad says, the cream always rises to the top. So as long as I'm not, as long as I stay the cream, I'm going to keep rising to the top. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I feel like if TikTok is banned, it's unfortunate. Um, it's sad. I would feel upset because, you know, I make a little bit of money on there and I've had mm-hmm. brand deals that have, that have come from that place, from TikTok. Yeah. But at the same time, like, you know, I have a full-time job. You know what I mean? I, I'm able to pay my bills off of my full-time job. You know, my heart goes out to my... Fr- I have friends that are creators that, like... You know, at one point or another, they were homeless and like TikTok has really saved their life, like literally legitimately saved their life. And my heart goes out to them personally. You know, when life gives you lemons, you just got to find the water to make the lemonade. And Instagram, Facebook, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of different places to find water. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Hopefully I'm making sense. Oh, yeah. You make sense. (laughs) You're from New York. It's called Hustle. <laughs> that's You're it. Gonna find a that's way. it. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, where. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm just. I listen. My my source of water is gonna be here. It's gonna be Facebook. It's gonna be whatever. Um, even if it's not TikTok, I hope it doesn't get banned because I have my largest following on TikTok. Yeah. But if it does, they know where to find well, you. I mean, I don't know. I mean, listen. There's nothing I can do. If there was something that I would be like, oh, this is what I can do to stop it, mm-hmm. then yeah, I would 100 percent be on board for that. But I mean, we're talking about a, a, a government, a uh, United States government, the most powerful government in the world, mm-hmm. and an app with 150 million people. I'm only one person. What the hell can I do? Yeah. <laughs> but move. Move out the way. You know? but, you, but you have a voice, and everyone yeah. knows your voice. Okay, where do you get the name? Okay, Deaf. Deaf not Ant. Uh, okay, so yeah. it used to be definitely not. It used to be definitely not Antonio, right? Oh, okay. So I, I was trying to be. I wasn't really like trying to um, be known on social media for anything because mm-hmm. I had it. Um, I had it as my photography LLC, and I, I was like, eh, somebody came up to me after a couple videos. That was the gas station. Somebody came up to me, and they were like. Mm, are you that guy from TikTok? And I was like, I am definitely not Antonio. And uh, I was like, I even told him, I was like, that's my twin, my twin brother. You know, he does TikTok. I don't know. He's on some, uh, I think I said, oh, you know, he's on some bullshit. I don't know what he said. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, but yeah, so I was just like, uh, you know, I could, I I made it definitely not Antonio. And then people were having a hard time finding me. And I was like, oh, it's definitely not Ant. So it's not ant. Yeah. Just keep it simple, you know. I like that. That's smart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's really Yeah, smart. yeah, yeah. Kept it short, kept it sweet, kept it simple. Yes. But yeah, I mean 
Whatever. <laughs> okay. This one question mm-hmm. I've been dying to ask you about. Sure. If you can spend an hour talking to any person from history, who would it be and why? It's probably, you probably want to talk about a whole bunch of people, but I'm, I'm curious. I mean, there's a lot of different people. Like, um, there's a lot. An What's hour that one for somebody person that stands somebody. out the but most? One yeah. person from history. So there was a um, there was a, a slave uh, that was being bought from modern day Ghana to Cuba. His name was Sinke, mm-hmm. Sinke, and like he took over the slave ship, and um, he took over the slave ship with a bunch of other slaves, and like he, I think he went back to Ghana or he went to some other island or whatever. But I would like to talk to him. You know, um, and another one is this guy, um, he, he was, uh, you know who Zora Neale Hurston is, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. So, um, she, uh, she wrote this book called, uh, Barracoon. Okay. Um, it was the first-hand account of the last slave brought to the United States. Um, yeah, and, like, it was a first-hand account, and it really goes into, if you look at, like, the diasporas that... Black Americans have with Africans now. That's always been going on, like because he talks about it in his book, and this is in like the early 1900s. Like, so I'd like to sit and talk with him. Um, you know, I would also like to talk to the people that were in like, um, like the people in England that saw the like how horrible slavery was and decided to end it. Um, I'd like to talk to them, but. There's a lot of people I would talk I would like to talk to in history, but I don't know. I think I don't think they would really like tell me much now that we can see things in perspective. Mm-hmm. But I would just like to know the whys, like the the specifics of the whys. Um, you know. Yeah, that's that. Um the person I would love to talk about, I'm pretty sure everyone says this is Malcolm X. I don't know. I always mm-hmm. felt like he was misunderstood. I kind of felt like he deserved a day. Don't get me wrong, MLK. You know, I, um, I respect him for that. But I always felt mm-hmm. that Malcolm stood out the most, and he was just totally mis- right. misunderstood. I, right. I didn't like the fact right. that they painted him as this man who who felt violence was the key, and that 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 wasn't really no. What he was saying. I mean. The only thing Malcolm X taught us is that if somebody puts your hands on you, yeah, make sure they don't have the opportunity to do it again. Our That's something that tell us that all of our parents <laughs> taught us that. Like, I mean, you know, like if somebody hits you, hit them back. Like that's that. It's mm-hmm. not. It's nothing. Nothing more. Nothing less. That's anybody. That's if 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 I had a a white child, a black child. If I had white friends, I'd tell them all the same thing. Exactly. Oh, nobody put their hands on you. Um. But, uh, you know, Malcolm X and Martin Luther King come from two different, they came from two different backgrounds. Martin Luther King's family were preachers. They grew up in, in, in the South where it was very customary to be polite, Mm -hmm. you know, um, Malcolm X, he was born in Louisville, Kentucky, in Kentucky. I believe he was born in Kentucky and, um, you know, but he, didn't grow up in a very religious background. He grew up, he he made a way where he had to make a way, which yeah. led him to jail, which led him to Islam. And, you know. That's what makes it so just, interesting because he he lived <laughs> life. 
you know, yeah, he like very much so. You know, he did. He very much had a life. He had a very interesting life and experiences. So, yeah. so Malcolm X is your person you would want to sit and talk with. Yeah, I sometimes feel like Tupac was like the modern mm-hmm. day of Malcolm. I just feel right. You know, uh, those Gemini's. I tell you, <laughs> right, right. I, I think they're brilliant. You know, I, <laughs> if if you would have asked me ten years ago, I would have said Tupac, but. Mm-hmm. You know, when I look at, he was very intelligent. Tupac yeah. was very intelligent. But you got to remember also he was he was only 25. That's true. You know what I mean? But he spoke like he was like in his 40s. So mm-hmm. when somebody mentioned to me one time, they were like, you know, Tupac was 25 when he died. Um, I had to really reevaluate because I was like, oh, my gosh, he was so young. I know. Um, yeah. Yeah, he was very anyway. young. Anyway. He was very, very young. Okay, what made you, I have to go back about racism because I know everybody probably want to hear um, um, how racism is killing people of color. Um, I've read that something about, we will be right back, you guys, because I need to know, I need to know more about racism, um, what racism is doing in, in uh how racism is affecting um, people of color. But, you guys, I will tell you this before he gets back about my coffee. As you can see, it's cold now because now it's it has faded. And I was having some coffee from Brazil. I was going to wait till after the interview to tell you guys about it. But um, I'm drinking some coffee from Brazil. And for those who don't know, about coffee, you need to know more about it. And the reason why I say this is because if you're not into coffee and you want to know why in the hell people even drink coffee, it's like wine tasting, okay? Um, I've been drinking coffee for, oh, man, I've been drinking coffee for a long time. But I have to tell you about this company, okay? It's called Atlas Coffee Club. Now, if you're not a big coffee drinker, I advise you, to go on atlascoffeeclub.com and they have a quiz and you have to take this quiz far as let's say if you are someone who likes chocolate or or cherry or like a fruity taste they will actually create the right coffee the right roast for you there's light there's medium and then there's dark i love my coffee medium and i love my coffee light if you like a light roast, is very highly caffeinated, okay? So if you like light roast and you need that, that jolt, that big kick, please, please, please get you a light roast. Trust me, you'll love it. And this is a light roast from Brazil, you guys. And I'll tell you a little bit about it later. All right. I'll tell them a little bit about coffee. I'm, I'm a big coffee fanatic. And they send you this postcard and everything from Brazil, and it gives you a little history about it. See? No way. Yes. That's and, pretty cool. And it tells you the region. It, ta- it tells you the, the undertones of the coffee. It, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. a big coffee fanatic. I, yeah. I even want to roast. I even have some beans that I try to roast. Mm-hmm. Kind of almost burned down my place. <laughs> so I got to do that at, a, at a, <laughs> someone's uh, restaurant or something because, yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah. right, right, right. Find you like um if you're in Arizona, find you like a commercial kitchen. 
they have them all around here yeah. in the south in South Carolina is like um, they're commercial kitchens where you can go. I think you pay them by the hour, by the day, and you can like mm. cook. A lot of people film content there. You can even roast coffee there if you wanted to. It's just better than your home, you know. Yeah, you, you could burn that place down, and you could still have somewhere to go. I think <laughs> <laughs> you still got somewhere to go. Thank you. I think yeah, I'm gonna do that. Go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, you know, I'm gonna stick to the coffee cocktails because I make great espresso martinis. I mean, man, I got. Ooh, some that sounds good. Yes. So yeah, I'm, I think I'm gonna mm-hmm. start demonstrating, showing some of my little coffee skills. I make coffee Ooh, sodas and stuff like that. I absolutely. Like that. Yeah. Absolutely. So, absolutely. Yeah. So you were asking me before um, I had to call about high blood pressure. Yes. I've mm-hmm. heard that, you know, when many slaves were brought on on slave ship that um, they were retaining so much salt in their body. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that is part of why a lot of African-Americans and people of color has high blood pressure. I don't know how true that is, but... Um, Mm. Now, no, I just, it's kind of weird that I've heard that before, but I'm like, oh, I don't think that's, I don't know if that's true, but it makes you wonder, like, right. okay, we were packed up. Well, on- here's the thing about that. That's not true, mm-hmm. but here's the thing. Um, that's kind of like an excuse that medical professionals have used over the years to just like write off African-American frustration. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a doctor, Arlene Geronimus. She's a public health doctor and things like that, that she puts all of that, all those misnomers to um, basically like, Hey, you know, that's not true because if you look at people that are in the Caribbean, they were brought over on the same slave ships. They just dropped off sooner. Yeah. Um, they don't have the same instances of high blood pressure. So when it comes to like what she says is that it has a lot to do with the um, racism in mm-hmm. like racism and social, um, not only racism, but like social, uh, the, the, the standards that we have to live up to mm-hmm. as, as black people. Um, I have high blood pressure, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And my, my family, it doesn't run in my family. But, um, you know, it's something that I deal with. But, um, and even you'll see, like, people who move from other countries, um, especially African countries that come here, a lot of times they, after being here for so long, they develop high blood pressure as well. So it's not, it's not, it has very little to do with the transatlantic slave trade. Um, it takes a very long time for the body to evolve to mm-hmm. produce something like a high blood pressure. So over 300 years, I mean, I don't think that's the case. Um, and so. she does a really good job as a doctor to say like, you know, hey, this is not. And she's not she's not black either. She's right. a white doctor. That's like, mm-hmm. hey, this is not true. Um but yeah, I've heard that a lot growing up. That yeah. because of the transatlantic safety, that's why a lot of people have high blood pressure. Um, you know, that's you know diabetes, things like that, kidney issues. A lot of it has to do with stress. A lot of it has to do with racism and how we handle stress, how we handle racism as people of color. But then again, I want to say all of this to anyone that's watching. I'm not a doctor. Do yes, not take my yes. do not take the things that I say as healthcare advice. They mm-hmm. are not. I just read stuff, and that's it. Yep, me too. <laughs> Even though I'm mm-hmm. working in the medical field. There you go. 
Yes, Listen, you know. I don't want nobody. I don't want nobody coming to me and saying Antonio told me mm-hmm. this on on TikTok Live. No, he did not. <laughs> exactly. You know, people. You know, take it real far, and you know. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. It's, now I have a, I have about another fifteen more minutes. If okay, that's cool yes, with you. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. What's the most valuable lesson you've learned in life? Valuable lesson. Oh, okay. So this is something that I've thought about. Actually, nothing is nothing is as hard. Nothing is as hard as it seems to be until you do it. Um, when I moved to South Carolina, I was like, I don't know how I'm going to survive. I didn't have a driver's license. I didn't have anything like, you know. Uh, and then things just fell into place. Nothing is as hard as it seems until you do it. Um, so. You know, if you're looking at something in your life and you're like, I can't do that, I can't do this, I can't do that, just start to do it. Start to do it. And either you'll realize that this is not for me, or you'll be like, oh, this is easy. What the hell? Why was I fronting? Why was I acting? I was like, just talking crazy about myself. So, yeah, nothing is as hard as it seems until you do it. So, so that goes for anything in life. That goes for like um, healthcare issues, health issues, things like that. That's something that I carry with me. Um, life is not about what you make of it. Life is not about what you dream about. It's what you make of it. So That is true. That is true. I, I kind of mm-hmm. learned that in the very later on in life. <laughs> I, I guess. Listen, I'm learning that now. I'm learning that now and I'm 35 years old. So, I mean, we got to learn when we learn. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. I used to always feel um, guilt, not guilty, but felt awkward and, and out of place because I didn't pursue things that I should have done. Um, and I'm actually doing things now. I mean, there's things I, I've, I've had a hard life. I've been through a lot mm-hmm. and uh, I right, always right, right. keep a smile on my face and I always learn and I love learning. And I mm-hmm. think it's so important. I think it's, it's better to learn than to be depressed. <laughs> like you yeah, gotta, you, right. you gotta have some outlet. My outlet, and hopefully someday that this could be something full-time, is art, music, talking about Mm -hmm. history, um, helping others. That's one thing about me. I love to serve and help others. And that was one of the reasons why I got into the medical field. And um, just having you on and and you taking the time out to speak with me, I would love to have you back on again. I would love Mm. for us to collaborate or do something um, that could, you know, change the world i don't know i just i feel like don't get me wrong i love music i love interviewing people but i always feel like people need to learn we need to always constantly keep learning and and um and connecting i kind of feel like this world we're we're divided we're starting to like i don't know it it makes me sad it really does and it's always on my mind i don't like that i mean i try not to think about i i see it um, I try not to think about it, you know, as a parent, you know, you always kind of in the back of your mind, you're thinking, what kind of world am I leaving my child with? But yes. at the same time, we have to, we have to give our children the tools. The only person that I'm responsible for is Zuriel Milian, my son. I that's that's it. Um, that's it. Uh, you know, outside of that, as long as I feel like as long as I'm giving him the tools that he needs to survive in this world. He nine out of ten times he'll be okay. Uh, you know, I feel like he'll be okay. So, yeah. um, 
when I see what's going on in this world, it bothers me, it troubles me, but at the same time, I'm like, and, uh, I'm not responsible for it. I didn't do this. That's right. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I just have to live with. I just have to live within it, and I have to do what's best for my child. I have to give my child the tools that he needs. You have to give the, your daughter the tools that she needs mm-hmm. to live within this world. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that like. You know, when we look at our parents' generation, they did the same thing. Like they did the same thing with us. They just give our, give us the tools that we need to live into live in the world that we're in. You know, um, so yeah, it makes me sad, but at the same time, oh well. <laughs> That's true. What can you do? Give them the tools. Right. That's what true. can you do? That's true. That's right. It's it's scary though because you know I have an adult child. And she's starting to really see things and learn things through the workforce. So it made her even change her mind about because she had wanted to be a surgeon. She had wanted to be a doctor. And now she's like, I don't want to do it anymore. You know, a hard job. Yeah, it is. But um, I know. Thank you. because I know you're busy and you're busy man. And um, we yeah. can talk again. And I appreciate of your course. time. And thank you. So thank much. you. Absolutely. Thank you for having me on. I'd be a pleasure to do it again. And uh, you have a wonderful day. Take you care. You too. You take care. Right. Thank you, you guys, for tuning in on Latte Java Drips Radio. Follow me. Subscribe. Like. Share. Um, I'm on TikTok. I'm on uh, Facebook. Here on Instagram. YouTube. I'm going to have so many different shows. If you're into music, I have music entertainment for you guys. So, Oh, and I'm going to have a comedian next week, Mo Black. So it's going to be a lot of fun. This is an entertainment internet radio, lattejavadrips.com slash LJD radio. So go on to my link in my bio and you guys, you know, follow and I'll be giving away some things soon, you know, and check out my merch. Don't hesitate. And I'll be giving out some things real soon. So thank you guys for tuning in till next time. You guys appreciate you.